0: And we're back for another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Charles Glassford coming right back at you here from Pop Culture Cosmos, the Lakers Fast Break, Inside Sports, Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone listening to all of our great shows and also watching it on all of our great YouTube channels as well. It's going to be an interesting episode. We've got a lot to talk about. The Last Dance is over, practices maybe beginning sometime in the near future. And there's some dinero involved here that the Lakers really, they they put their hands in the piggy bank, and unfortunately, (laughs) they got it smacked and had to return it. We'll talk about that here in a sec. But first, I wanted to go ahead and introduce my guest. It's our weekly chat right here on the Lakers Fast Break with my good friend. I know him as Tom Wong, but you know him as the guy behind the great site Lakerholics.net. Be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.net. I'm so excited to talk to him one more time. Laker Tom,
1: it's just so great to have you on the show. Yeah, it's always fun to be here talking with you, Gerald, and getting an opportunity to talk about one of the things that I love in my life, which is the Lakers. Well,
0: I'll tell you what, the Lakers Fast Break has been doing really well as of late. We've gotten a lot of episodes out there. I cannot thank everyone enough to not only listen to our chat last week about a lot of great Lakers subjects but also the tremendous lineup of NBA draft shows, including our very highly rated NBA mock draft, which I had with four great draft experts last week, the Barlow brothers from NBA draft junkies, Michael Weisenberg from the step in and also stone Hansen from draftside.com. You got to check out that great mock draft. If you haven't already, it's on the Lakers fast break and now on the pop culture cosmos channels as well. Speaking of stone Hansen, the last podcast before this one, I had a chance to sit down with Sto Hansen. We talked a lot about what's coming up in the future, i.e., 2021, about some of the prospects there. So, hear his thoughts on some of the rising prospects in the 2021 draft right here on the Lakers Fast Break Channel. But, my friend, there is a lot to talk about today, but I got to go ahead and start off with the Lakers in trouble a bad pr move uh, shake my head sm8 whole 9 yards cuz i'm going to start it off like this the lakers recently returned 4.6 million dollars from a loan that they borrowed under the the most recent small business administration paycheck protection program that was enacted as part of the the uh, government's recent passing not only once but twice in regards to helping save small businesses and unfortunately the lakers saw this money out there and they decided to get their share of it now mind you the lakers they are valued as recently as this year they're number two in the entire nba at 4.4 billion dollars okay this is a company that's 4.4 billion dollars yet was able to get this yet was able to go ahead and seek out a $4.6 million loan. That, to me, is just a travesty. I don't know who did that. I don't know if Jeannie accepted that or, or tried to go ahead and get that herself or whoever applied for it, if that was on their own volition or whatnot. If it was, I'd fire them immediately because the PR hit from this is going to be at least lasting for a little while, especially because nobody else has anything to talk about right now in sports now that the NFL draft is over. So I ask you, Laker, Tom, you know, as someone who's held executive positions before, what is going on? This mentality is just just really bad. I mean, all these companies that are out there, the restaurants, Ruth Chris, Shake Shack, large companies that are sustainable in and of themselves, I understand they're hurting, but this is for small businesses. I repeat, small businesses not a company that's valued at
1: $4.4
0: billion at
1: the Lakers. Well, it was really a sad thing to see that happen, Gerald, and embarrassing and humiliating if you ask me for the Lakers. It's a reflection, not only a bad reflection on the judgment of whatever executive with the Lakers that made the decision to pursue that, as well as probably their bank that was probably jumping up in arms and... A lot of the banks have jumped in to try to get their best customers a piece of this pie, very often at the cost of the people who really need it, which is the small businesses that have four or five employees. Now, by definition, the Lakers qualify because they're a small business that has got less than 500 employees. And just like Ruth Christ and Shake Shack and all of these different restaurant chains that were out there, it's a reflection of, of what happens when when the government makes stupid moves and basically goes out there and sends a program out there with very, very few guidelines and controls to prevent abuses from happening. And the only result the positive we've gotten about this whole thing is that they then turned around and after the first $2.2 billion was gone, they just put out another $4.6 billion with no other additional requirements, the exact same requirements as the first time. And the only thing that's holding people back now from... Going in and jumping at is that there is I think sixty billion designated for minority uh, loans and sixty billion dedicated for really small businesses, but still the bulk of it is is going to be administered and and the real culprits in this situation have been the banks, the big banks, because they basically have prioritized all of their major customers. The saddest part about the entire thing is these are not really loans; they're basically designed to be forgiven as long as the companies use that money to pay their employees. And so the net result is these are basically grants that are being given out there. That's um, what I
0: was gonna say, that just, just grants given, just they're, it basically like <laughs> you said, if they pay their employees, that yeah. basically it's free cash.
1: Yep. And the problem is, is that these should have been limited to businesses that had no other alternatives for financing. Public companies, For God's sakes, if you're a public company, you're large enough. You have experience. You have advisors and so forth, and you have connections to capital that the average small business just doesn't have. You know, the guy who's just got a loan from the bank, and maybe or maybe doesn't even have a loan, just has a depository account where he's putting his money in and withdrawing, writing checks on that account, and so forth. So, it's it's the type of thing where you see the Republicans were basically pushing hard to. Get this out right away to help people, and the net effect is that there wasn't enough time to really go through and make careful judgments on some of the things that are happening. And um, this included, is part of
0: the Paycheck Protection Program, right? Uh, it was part was, of that.
1: Big, it was part of that great big overall uh, stimulus package. Stimulate stimulate the economy and get things going. And you know, but first,
0: a, but but the first two hundred fifty billion dollars that ran out like that. Yep. And then I think what another 450 or something like that billion yeah, on yeah. top of that. And with the Lakers, you know, greed just kicked in. Greed kicked in. That's all you can say was greed when it comes to this. This is again a $4.4 billion company. I love the Lakers just as much as anyone out there. But when, you they know, sure I'm gonna call this, it. I'm, I'm yeah. gonna call it like it is. This was I agree wrong. You, 100%. And, yes, this is wrong on so many levels and only. And here's statement. the statement. The official statement makes it even worse. The official statement from the Lakers, yes, they qualified, received a loan under the Payroll Protection Program. However, once we found out the funds from the program had been depleted, we repaid the loan so the financial support would be directed to those most in need. So if you didn't get caught, if the funds had not run out, you would have kept that money. That's the, the official statement from the Lakers right there. And that to me is just disturbing that they should have even not only not even went ahead and did that at all, but the fact is that they took money away and only when they found out that all the money was gone, only when they found out all the money was gone, they decided to go ahead and then give their $4.6 million back.
1: Well, they weren't first in line to give No, money I didn't either. say that we're first in line. That's right? the other side of it is that, listen, I'm at least grateful if they had enough ethical character to... Give the money back because there's a whole bunch of companies out there, public companies with values in the multi million, hundreds of millions of dollars, who didn't give the money back, and the government really should be doing something to demand that they give that money back. And it's there's a point in time when you have a a a crisis such as the world and America is undergoing right now, where you've got a virus that is killing almost sixty thousand people and over a million, almost a million now infected in the United States. And things like we have we have we have tools to fight against that, such as the Defense Protection Act and so forth, where the government can force companies, just like they did during World War II, to build to build tools for war, to build airplanes and so forth. And yet our government won't do that simply because they're protecting certain sets of people who have donated money to their causes and they want to make sure that these people can make a profit off of the off of the pandemic that the rest of us are going through. And it's just a sad state of affairs to see how politics in this country has gotten to a point where you won't go and do the things that are right for the country. And you've got states now being gouged just to buy simple things like swabs and simple things like Personal protection equipment for their workers and for the healthcare people.
0: And I understand. And I understand, Laker Tom. It's a free for all. I get that. It's like the wild wild west, and it's deplorable. It's absolutely disgusting it the way that, exactly that these the states that these states have to bid against themselves. Every other country in the world, right now, that's that's semi organized at this point in time, are leagues ahead of what we're doing because it is. It's a disaster, and I get that. But let's go focus back on the Lakers before we go off on another Soapbox rant. Uh, So I wanted to actually say this again with the Lakers. You know, this is a team that if it needs cash, it can get cash. Yeah. Equity sharing. It can go ahead to the banks. It can go ahead to partners. Borrow that money in an
1: instant from any bank in the country. It could sell shares.
0: To you know anybody it wants to because there's going to be a lot of takers if it starts to shell off shares. So don't give me that you can't find money. You wanted to go ahead and do that, it, you know they wanted a 4.6 million dollar handout and I think it's just, uh, you know, it's one of the worst. This is good. this has got to be one of the worst times in my own mind uh, that I'm saying I'm a Lakers fan because I still will be a Lakers fan until the day I die and I will still be someone who bleeds purple and gold, but. There's been very few times in my life where I've even come close to being saying, I'm ashamed to be a Lakers fan. And it usually means because Boston's beat us or something like that. This is not that time. This is the, one of the few times that I've said, this is really bad. This and, and the bus fiasco, the family fiasco over and over. And they were having those issues. It was really kind of disheartening at that point in time for Lakers fans. But this is so much worse. This is just bad, bad, bad.
1: People are thinking, like oh, yeah, to well, they're the money. Like find out who made the decision. Yeah, I'd like to find out who did. Because need to be I, I agree with you that somebody somebody should lose their job for having made such a bad decision.
0: Because, I mean, and people are, that are listening to this, Laker fans are out there, probably saying, well, why are we making such a big deal? Because there are small, like you said, Laker Tom, at the earlier part of the show, there are small businesses out there struggling to survive that need this money more than the Lakers do. Yes, the Lakers have a lot of employees that they they have to go ahead and pay and that they should pay, and I'm not trying to dissuade that, but they have other means to go ahead and pay those employees. They also have money in the bank. It's not like they're broke. Don't tell me they're broke. They are a well – You know, they have been a well-run, for the most part, outside of the, the bus fiasco. But more revenue they have been... than any other franchise in the league. Exactly. Perfect. And they're valued, like I for said, New number games. two behind the Knicks. Right. And I still don't know to this day, outside of being in New York, why the Knicks are still number one valued. But okay, that house fire, just TV contracts, TV contracts. Uh, yeah, it's no, it's all about TV and money. But I'm just saying, just a, just the thought of this dumpster fire for going on decades now with the Knicks, and they're still yeah <laughs> number
1: one. The it's, thing all about the about MSG. Is, it's all about the thing is fascinating. Is we haven't heard about any other. NBA or professional sports team.
0: Oh, I'm sure their toes
1: into this situation.
0: I'm sure it's going to leak out sooner rather than later. Uh, as soon as Adrian Wojnarowski or Sham Sharania or one of those insiders, Mark Stein or whatnot, can go ahead and delve into it even further. But yeah, very disappointing Lakers. I'm glad that they returned the money, but that's only after they found out it was depleted. Which, right. to me,
1: it's still again a very bad move. You can't defend that decision in any way or form. It no, was, you know it was just a wrong move. And Gene Bus or somebody who really officially speaks for that should come out and explain how it happened and make sure that nothing like this happens again. I mean, it's 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 like highway robbery for all of those people. That, you know, and a lot of those people couldn't even get their loan applications in. That's because, right, because the big banks had already flooded it and filled up almost everything with with their own personally private. One of the big things you want to do in any small business and, and the businesses that I've run is to develop strong relationships with your bank so that you are in that position. But a lot of times that takes being able to have a good enough balance sheet so that you can borrow money. And a lot of small businesses don't have that. There are a lot of small businesses are living on not necessarily paycheck to paycheck, but big deal to big deal, or one good month of sales and so forth. And you're struggling, you know, and we talk about how important small businesses to this country, because they're the people who really keep things going. And and they're the ones that are really hurting at this point in time. Um, You got to furlough employees. It's great if you can get one of these PPP loans because then you can furlough your employees, pay their salaries, use the money from the loan to pay their salaries. And as long as you do that, that loan will be forgiven. And it's, you know, it, it's something that could have kept. And hopefully now the 4.6 million back, plus all of the money that, that Shake Shack and all these other companies have given back, will hopefully be given to people who really need it. The only problem is we're already starting to hear bad things about the way it's being run again, that there's people can't get their loan applications in and so forth
0: well like you were saying earlier there is a larger issue there are a lot of mistakes a lot of loopholes that were created because they rushed this out and this even if you you could rush these things out you can rush these things out but still make sure it's thoroughly taken care of all the i's are dotted all the t's are crossed and they just can it just didn't get done but then again like you said that's another soapbox for another day they want to go ahead and talk about other great things but again the Lakers, they did return the money. I'm just very sad that they went ahead and and did this, and uh, you know, it, greed uh, sometimes in our society just overcomes all, and in this case, it did with the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, hopefully, they will learn from this lesson. Hopefully, you know, LeBron won't be the one to have to speak out because you know if he's going to, because if it's not going to be in the way the Lakers would like.
1: Nope.
0: So let's hope for this to be done in the right way the Lakers will definitely learn their lesson going forward. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers fast break podcast. Well, my friend, speaking of LeBron, you had a lot to say about LeBron in some recent articles on your medium.com site. And I've got some issues with LeBron as well when it comes to not, not any issues because of Taco Tuesday or anything like that, but his name keeps getting popped up in the last dance. But we'll save that for a little bit. I want to go ahead and talk to you about the evolution of LeBron's acceptance as a Laker because as you know, when he was first signed or when the first rumors were out there that he might be headed towards Lakers, even as he was still playing for the Cleveland Cavaliers, a lot of Lakers fans were just saying.
1: I actually just wrote a piece for Medium called How a Tried and True Kobe Bryant Stan Became a Die Hard LeBron James Fan. Um, And I was one of those guys. I was one of those people that I was, you didn't want any of that.
0: You didn't want any of that at all.
1: I didn't want any of that. I mean, I saw how LeBron had acted down in Miami, promising three, four, five, six championships and so forth. I saw how when he went back to Cleveland, it was uh, one-year deals, which basically held it held a hatchet over the over the Cavaliers management. Basically, decided who this coach was going to be. Decided who the general manager was going to be. Had them give big con, big long-term contracts to several of the people who were uh, members of Clutch Sports, his uh, his agency that uh, the, that his good friend runs, um, and so basically, I I I really felt like you're turning your whole franchise over to LeBron James if if you go and pursue him, and then so then Magic Johnson goes out there and he recruits him, and all we hear are the various stories that. Uh, well, LeBron's not interested in winning anymore. And even though he signed a four-year deal, there was all this talk that it was it was all based upon being able to see his son play in Southern California to looking at his post-career thing, wanting to be a mogul. And basically, it wasn't a basketball decision. And then last year, you know, we got off to a pretty good start with the, a team that really wasn't really built well around LeBron because it was all of that young talent that wasn't developed at a championship level at the... Lakers had to surround him with. And then, you know, we were doing pretty good up until Christmas Day. And he pulls a groin and has the first major injury that he's had in his entire career. And then tries to come back, but really is not 100%. And so basically, they shut him down for the year. We end up finishing 35 and 47. uh, An extremely disappointing year, the sixth year in a row that we don't make the playoffs. And you're looking and you got a 35-year-old LeBron James for the next season. The franchise is in a total disaster. You've got Magic Johnson resigning the day before the final game of the season. you got the coach fired shortly after that. Screams of dysfunction and dismay going on. And the Lakers appeared to be doomed at that point in time. And I think that point was sort of like the lowest point you could have imagined, that here was the Lakers with LeBron James, but they were considered to be a disaster. and Nobody even thought they were going to make the playoffs the next year. We all know what happened at that point in time. Jeannie Bus resisted all of the cries for firing Rob Palenka and, and going out and bringing in uh, a new general manager outside of the organization. But she held firm. She really liked Rob. She believed in Kobe Bryant, who basically said Rob Palenka is the right guy. And six, within six months, the franchise had been turned around. A little bit of good fortune, and they ended up with uh, – uh, with uh, Frank Vogel as the head coach. Uh, uh, they forced him to hire a couple of guys that were a lot of people, a lot of writers thought were not going to be good fits as assistant coaches. Lionel Hollins and Jason Kidd. But in in the end, it really turned out to be a perfect situation because Vogel's turned out, I think, to been the type of guy that's sort of a, a consensus-oriented manager. He's the guy who really likes to invite participation by everybody, and he sort of formed a partnership, a four-person partnership between Vogel and and Palenka and uh, the two superstars, LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and the Lakers turned things around, and all of a sudden, we go into a situation where right before the coronavirus outbreak forced the uh, league to suspend the season when the Lakers were clearly the best team in the league. And LeBron James was clearly the best player in the league still at 35 years old. So I think during that period of time, there were two major events that really crystallized for me, LeBron James taking over the mantle that Kobe Bryant had. The first was that Saturday when he set a record for being the third most points scored in the NBA and passed Kobe Bryant. That evening, Kobe put a phone call into LeBron to congratulate him on it, and and it was it was like a perfect passing of the torch from one su- one generation superstar to the next generation superstar. The next day, the next morning, if you will, we have the tragedy of the helicopter crash that killed Kobe, his daughter Gianna, and uh, seven other people on that flight, and. You have all of the events that followed that the, followed that tragedy, where LeBron James really stood up, and and all of a sudden you could see that a guy who I had gained a lot of respect over the years, more for the man that he was than the basketball player he was, to be honest. Uh, the things that he'd done for his community and starting the I Promise School, uh, things like that really made me bury any hatchet that I'd ever had for him as a as a protagonist against Kobe Bryant, my favorite player, but I thought that 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 the way that LeBron handled himself and took the lead of took over leadership of the Lakers during that crucial time right after Kobe's death, that really cemented in me that LeBron James really bled purple and gold. He really wasn't there for his legacy. He was there to win for the Lakers. He really wasn't there just for business purposes or. Watched watch Bronny, his son, play uh, in high school basketball. He was there because he believed in the Lakers as a franchise. He believed in the legacy of the Lakers, and he wanted to contribute to that legacy and take over the challenge that Kobe had left for him. And so that's basically how I evolved in a lot of people. I mean, we had a lot of conversation on Lakerholics.net about everybody, in the, everybody on the blog and how they had various points in time had come around to love LeBron James as much as they loved Kobe Bryant.
0: That's true. Uh, I mean, he's done a whale of a job, uh, just done an incredible job for us, especially this year, this season. And I was a little bit more accepting because I was just so tired of losing. I was mm-hmm. going to take any type of influx I can get. So uh, hearing LeBron James was even thinking about coming to the Lakers was something I just didn't mind at all. I thought that was really cool. And then, obviously, it's paid off, you know, big time once he kept his health, once he was able to stay on the court for a full season. And just seeing him on the floor perform the way he does, even at his age, is still remarkable to see. I, I'll tell you right now, Laker, Tom, it just I think that it, we can get another season or two at a, an extremely high level from LeBron. That would be, you know, through finishing his contract, that would be one of the best four year contracts we have ever signed yeah. a, as a free agent. If if we can get any kind of contribution similar to what we're seeing this season from LeBron in the next two seasons, or if he stays through the end of the contract, that's just would truly be amazing. And I think you can, even if they don't get a title this year, I think you could put them in title contention for the next two to three years as long as he remains a part of the team. Although, you know, with Bronny coming around, you never know what's going to
1: happen. <laughs> You know what's interesting about the whole thing is that part of the tra- it, it was hard to everyone everybody compared LeBron to Kobe and that was just incessant every year it was really hard to win those war of words with people especially when LeBron was winning 3 out of 6 championships and the Lakers and Kobe weren't even getting into the playoffs you know so there was a period of time where I started to lose a lot of the, not necessarily the love, but just the intense desire to protect Kobe and to defend him against everybody. Primarily because I thought during the last few years that he, he became more of a selfish player. He became less of a hero because the team wasn't winning and he couldn't carry him through to win. And in the contract, which really, really ate up a lot of the Lakers resources and ability to go out and bring in another star uh, because they gave Kobe that, that legacy contract at the end. That really, that really limited the franchise. And Kobe was never a guy who would accept less than the maximum amount of money. And then meanwhile, LeBron is, is really, the three years after Kobe retired, LeBron said something that really stuck with me. He said, I don't think I've ever seen Kobe as happy as he was the last three years when he'd retired. And a lot of that was because of having time at last to, to spend with his daughter and, and his other kids. And you saw a maturation of Kobe and over those two or three years where the scowling superstar who basically nobody wanted to play with, at least in the lexicon of, the, of some of the critics, all of a sudden became a beloved superstar who, you know, was supporting women's basketball and, and was a perfect girl dad, if you will. And then at the same time, I look at the same situation happening with LeBron James because from that smart-ass kid that made the promise when he when he went down to Miami that he was going to win all of these championships and so forth, um, and then the guy who just kept getting coach after coach fired and so forth, when he got to the Lakers, he was a different man. He really was a different man because he and Frank Vogel have never had a single conflict along the well, way. Well,
0: getting Coach Trump, he kind of was one of the main reasons for Luke Walton not being there. Let's just put that
1: there. Yeah, yep. But on that same token, Luke never really devised an offense that, or a prioritization that really helped LeBron. And it's partly because you had all of these young players you are trying to develop, too, and you needed them to develop or else you weren't going to compete with LeBron. So it's a combination of a lot of things. coming. Like everything in life, things are never as simple black and white as you think they are. They're usually a combination of things and a lot more complicated. Um, Frank Bogle coming along, uh, Rob Belenka bringing in a team of veterans to surround LeBron who were much better fitters. He, he fixed all of the poor choices that, that Magic Johnson had made in building a roster around LeBron. And so it, it made things a lot easier for everybody to be on the same page because people were brought in who fit those roles that needed to do that be needed to have people fit in order for the organization to be simpatico all the time. But the other side of it is that LeBron was was there for a change. He was there for making a commitment to the Lakers and and once the Lakers got all of their all of their ducks in a row and you could see a different LeBron James than what we saw in Cleveland or what we saw in Miami. And uh, also I think, you know, silver linings, having that injury, having to sit out a lot of that season and having a whole summer off that rejuvenated LeBron and he came back and, uh, and then the addition of of Anthony Davis, you know, who challenged him to be, let's come back to play defense. Now LeBron, let's not do this taking time off on, on defense just so you can play offense. And so all of a sudden you had all of these pieces come together, and I give a lot of the credit of that to Rob Palenka uh, and Frank Vogel, as well as LeBron and AD, uh, and, and the guys that they surrounded them with. You know, um, KCP coming back and having a stellar year after, after being overpaid for two or three years there. Avery Bradley coming back and proving himself. Dwight Howard reclaiming himself from the dregs of, of a career. You go down the list, uh, JaVale McGee, one after another, you had a lot of players who really had a lot to prove. And there's nothing that beats succeeding in life by being put in the right place at the right time. And all of these Lakers players benefited from that. And And the net result is LeBron gets a great deal of the credit because the superstar can either make or break the situation on any team. And LeBron LeBron was at a point in his career where he really embraced it. And when you look at the when you look at some of those videos of the Lakers chemistry, the way that the players loved each other, loved playing with each other, cared so much about each other and how that all evolved during the season, then, you know, you can really you can really understand how, you know. Perfect timing was, you know, it was just a perfect situation for them, a perfect storm of good fortune and and good decisions that pulled them around. Um, you just hope something like this this decision on the on the PPP money is not going to be a sign of. Hopefully, it's just an outlier of of just a dumb move that somebody made, and, and we won't see more of that. But we're still we're still at a crucial point because LeBron's, got a couple of years left on his contract. 80 is a free agent this summer and the Lakers are faced with a major decision. It's not like they're the golden state warriors at the start of a six year run where they've got three superstars under contract and, and nothing but good times ahead. The Lakers have got major decisions staring them in the face. They need to find a third superstar for the team or at least the third star they need to find out how much more LeBron is going to be able to play. And at some point in time in the near future, they need to find a second superstar to go with AD once LeBron is retired. Um, and hopefully they can they can leverage the opportunity to win and play with LeBron in order to get that third superstar. I think that's the big question marks that are facing them. And, and they're going to have to do it at a time when the coronavirus pandemic has really changed everything for the NBA and for professional sports going forward, as well as for our economy and our society. There's a new normal that's going to happen in the world, and there's going to be a new normal in the NBA. Again, the Lakers have a big challenge in trying to figure out how to get to the next level.
0: That they are. They're going to have a big challenge coming up. Hopefully they can go ahead and complete the season, which we'll talk about here at the end of the show. But it is going to be a very great challenge indeed for the Lakers coming up once they get back onto the court. And I'm looking forward to it, and I know you are as well. Yep. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Well, speaking of LeBron, his name has come up quite a bit recently, not because of the Lakers returning $4.6 million or obviously what you're talking about as far as his career overall and the great articles that you wrote on Medium.com, but it's come up because of The Last Dance. And The Last Dance basically is a... Documentation of four episodes that was put on by ESPN and NBA Entertainment about the final championship winning season for the Chicago Bulls and all the trials and tribulations, all the personalities, all the, the players and, and Phil Jackson involved and talking about Rodman and Pippen and all the crazy stuff that they did. And of course, Michael Jordan at the center of it all. While we're we're watching this, or while people are watching this out there, and there are millions and millions of people that have watched this, it has been getting great ratings for ESPN, is that on social media, especially on Lakers fan sites, I know on Lakerholics.net, but also on the Lakers sites that I'm also advertising on, and thank them so much for their support on great Facebook groups that are out there, they're all talking whether or not LeBron, had he been in that era, would have been just as good or better. Than Michael Jordan and I know we've always talked about how you really can't compare eras you can only judge or you know based off the eye test what you think they would do whatnot it's funny because if Wilt Chamberlain were to play in this time frame would he be a different player if Shaq would to be in this time frame would he be a different player if Shaq would have been in Wilt Chamberlain's time you know you there's so many different things you can say Steph Curry, if he would have been in playing in the early '90s, would have been a different player, things of that nature. So, all I can say is this: LeBron at his height, six eight, what two seventy five, two eighty, when he was younger, when he had a bigger frame, a larger frame uh, that he could handle. I mean, what I think he was about six eight, two eighty, correct? In and about there, I think at that frame, at you know, with the size, with the mobility, with the agility, with the speed, with the ball handling. And even earlier in his career in Miami, when at this height of being able to be efficient with the three-pointers because that's when he was really efficient with the three-pointers was in Miami. That's a deadly combination right there. That's probably the best of LeBron. I mean, people argue when was the best LeBron, Cleveland, Los Angeles, or, or Miami. I'm, I'm saying on paper, statistically, I think the Miami years were probably the best. That's the case. You get that LeBron on the same floor in the 90s as Jordan, and you get him a competent team around him. I don't know. It would be up for debate, but I I think I would put my money on LeBron.
1: I think I'd put my money on him, too. You know, I've always been. I mean, Rodman is
0: a great defender. Rodman would have been guarding him and and just great. And also, Rodman was one of the best passers at the forward position of all time people don't realize that people forget about that they think about his rebounding box out artist defender went on if you saw him especially in that one year with the lakers the things he could do as far as passing to anybody cutting was just truly brilliant but getting back to lebron i know rodman would be guarding him but even if that's the case i think lebron is just at that point in the 90s would have been something unlike anything else
1: yeah i I can't remember who it was. There was, there was one of the guys, uh, one of the main announcers or or sportscasters basically was saying that LeBron couldn't handle himself in, in the 80s. And and I think that he's absolutely crazy. I mean, it's... And I also think that all of those various other things you have, you know, when you look at a top 10 player, you can probably take any top 10 player in the game of basketball today historically, whether it's Steph playing... 25, 30 years ago when the rules were different, um, whether it's Wilt playing today, LeBron playing in the Michael's era, Michael playing today, any of those guys are still going to be superstars. They're going to be, you know, and that's why I, I think it's so hard to, to make these comparisons between different generations. I think the hardest thing probably is for centers just simply because of the way the game has changed and the way that the center position has changed so dramatically and with a three point shot, those are two different eras. And that, that's a rule change that, that makes such a dynamic difference that, that it's hard to, to judge that, you know, you look at a guy, like I saw an article, we had an article that when we were talking about in lakerolics.net, which is, uh, uh, Sean, one of our directors, basically had, had done a bunch of, is doing some things called just the facts. And and Sean basically was saying that, that uh, Anthony Davis is a far better defender than Rudy Gobert. And and the simple truth of it is, is because he can defend all five positions. Whereas you get a guy like Gobert, you can put him on the bench if you've got a if you've got a stretch five who can go out there and kill you from deep. Um, or a guy who who even from deep can attack the brim and and go in there and score. And Davis is one of the few players who can really defend those positions, both of them. Um, I don't have a single doubt that LeBron James and Michael Jordan would have and be incredible things, just the same as as I thought. If, if you took Magic Johnson in his prime rather than the end of his career uh, and put him up against Michael, it's it's the same type of debate. They would both be among the top two or three players in the league at any era that you chose. There are different. There's a big difference though in those players, and it's and it's and the difference is basically that Jordan and Kobe were basically shoot first players. Their entire careers were shoot first players. LeBron, Magic Johnson. Those guys were pass first players their entire career. Even though LeBron is a third scored the third most points in the NBA, he's never been a guy who would just wanted to take the last shot for the sake of taking that last shot. Whereas uh, other guys and then, then there's the the oddities of guys like Wilt who, who at the start of their career were a shoot every time I touch the ball player. But yet uh, later in his career, he decided, okay, this year I'm going to want to be the best rebounder, or this year I'm going to be the best shot blocker, or this year I'm going to be lead the league in assists. And you find guys that have a talent like that. But when you look at their nature, and and I did an article uh, for Medium that really was comparing what LeBron James' last dance would look like today, and his last dance may happen in the next three or four years. And I think what's, what the gist of the article was saying is that Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant never ever would take less than the max contract. Even in their final year on the court, they would never accept less than the maximum amount they could get. If the Lakers want to bring in a superstar to replace LeBron and to compliment Anthony Davis as the franchise moves forward without LeBron, The only way that they can do that, even before the drop in the salary cap as a result of the coronavirus, the only way they can do that is if LeBron accepts less than a max contract on his next contract. And I really believe that that's going to be the last dance that LeBron is going to show the difference between shoot first, Michael and Kobe, and he's actually going to accept less than a max contract in order for the Lakers To make an offer for Giannis at the maximum amount should he be available or if Giannis is not available whoever else is available at that point in time who could then become the co-superstar with Anthony Davis once LeBron is gone so there's a big difference between trying to compare Michael Jordan and LeBron James I think that there's they both have something for their legacy but there's a, certain, there's a certain attitude that Kobe had and Michael had that LeBron doesn't have. He doesn't necessarily have to take and make the last shot. And I think that that's going to result in there being a transition in the Lakers that's going to end up with somebody sensational playing alongside Anthony Davis once LeBron James has retired.
0: Well, that argument will continue on forever within the minds and hearts of NBA fans all over who is the better player. When it comes to LeBron and his greatness, I rarely see him ever put at you know at that number one or number two level. I always see him like, oh, LeBron's put a little bit here, a little bit here, top five, and then maybe even top 10. I never see him by so many people out there Put him at a level where he—I think he should be deserving of—and that is right in that top three. Mix in that top three, whoever you want, but I think he should always be thought of in that realm because no one has had ever had the physical attributes that he has had, has had the impact on his game. Very few have had that, especially in modern times. No one in this century has had the impact that he has, and yes, he has not gone. To the finals and fared very well overall and that will probably be the most remembered for him if if he'd have won the majority of his titles i would think he would probably be thought of at a level that's consistent with michael jordan's but michael jordan has his titles and he but was michael like, didn't have
1: michael didn't have the competition
0: hold on and but lebron didn't lebron didn't have the team he didn't have the players for many of those years basically a lot on a lot of teams. i could honestly say he was carrying them on his back but again it comes down to what people perceive and even though that argument will rage on and on and on even after he retires for many years down the line lebron i don't think will ever be given his due and i don't say that just as fact that he's playing well now Mm -hmm. in fact he is playing well now, and that should be part of his legacy. I mean, by now, a lot of these players that we talk of in that list that we saw, Kobe, for one, because Kobe seems to be, especially after his passing, be thought of in such high regard. He should have always be thought in high regard. But now some fans out there just think he's the greatest of all time and things of that nature, and they're, they're commenting on that, which is fine, which is great, and it's a great tribute to him. But in reality... At this point in time, you see a lot of these players that are thought of in that top 10 all time, whether it's Wilt, Kareem, Magic, Bird, whoever. By this time, at this age, you saw a deterioration in their play. Even Jordan, but yet LeBron is at a level that's an MVP, worthy of an MVP if you don't vote for Giannis Antetokounmpo, so i tell you, man, the argument will continue to wage on, but I think LeBron needs to be a, a larger part of
1: that argument. I think what's going to happen, and, and this is maybe where you and I differ, I think that LeBron is greatly underappreciated right now. But I think once his career is over, and it could be four or five more years before that career is over, once that career is over, I don't have a doubt in my mind that he's going to be elevated to be the GOAT As far as I do, concerned.
0: I always will because people will still have the decision fresh in their minds. People yeah. still have, and the thing is, LeBron does not have any you know skeletons in the closet. He just right. has these things that he did out in public, and the things that and how he's been able to speak to the media and some of the things that he said in the media. Those are the only things that you could say. Are for or against him?
1: But that and was you a know, young LeBron. The older LeBron is the guy who who opened the I Promise school. He's the guy who's taken over Kobe's mantle and and exactly. love it as a Laker.
0: And, and people forget that because people want to focus on the decision. They also want yeah. to focus on some of the things he said in regards to the China. In regards to I can't play in empty arenas. People will find and nitpick anything they want. But the problem is, you have to nitpick when it comes to him. Because he's lived a life outside of the basketball court, an exemplary life. And something that, you know, you don't he does not have those, like I was saying earlier, those skeletons in the closet. He doesn't have those issues that hold many of these other great players back. I mean, that's something that people forget. And and he's held himself to a level and standard off the court just as much as he has on the court. And I I know I'm coming off as this LeBron lover and whatnot, but I just appreciate the value.
1: I I think you're absolutely right. I mean.
0: I'm just trying to call it like I see it.
1: Yeah, I made a comment. I made a comment when we were talking about, uh, on Lakerholics.net, we were talking about LeBron's legacy, and the comment that I made was that there's very few superstars out there whom I think are actually better people than they were basketball players. LeBron James falls into that category as far as I'm concerned.
0: And anybody Um, who goes ahead and flaunts Taco Tuesday, all right right with me. Well, before we head on out, I wanted to go ahead and talk to you a little bit about the NBA. They were thinking about heading back to selected team practice facilities under heavy restrictions and all that social distancing guidelines and testing and yada, 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 the whole nine yards on May 1st. They've since bumped that back to May 8th. What does this say about a possible return to action for the NBA?
1: Well, it's interesting. In addition to bumping it back to May 8th, and and the word that came out was that it was this move back to May 8th wasn't because a lot of teams were complaining, and they weren't complaining just because they thought the Atlanta Hawks might get a weak jump on everybody else. Um, they were complaining because they were worried about the players safety. And so there was a whole bunch of other things that came out along with that May 8th uh, date for they're going to consider. And and it included the players, other than when the players are on the court playing, everybody else is going to have to wear masks. They're limiting the number of people who can be in the gym at the, at that point in time. It's like one executive and, and one team representative besides the, besides the trainer and the coaches and so forth. They're talking about specifically that that uh, there's no way that they want the NBA to to be creating a public uh, relations disaster by using tests that are now still scarce for first responders and so forth. So there's lots of questions about the whole testing situation, that they're not going to be sitting there and taking away tests that, from essential uh, organizations that need them and so forth. So there's a lot of talk that this is probably going to delay things because they'll look at it on May 8th and 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 I think this falls in line with what Adam Silver said earlier that that he didn't think until we even got into May that he could be in a position to to look at what the options were. However, I still believe that the league is committed to wanting to open up and have a season in some form and uh, playoffs in some form no matter how long it takes and no matter how late it goes. And that more and more then pushes you to looking at next season, not even starting until December. So we'll have to see what happens. Uh, We're all going through this major giant experiment now with three or four States pushing the envelope and, and opening up certain, certain activities, whether it's restaurants or, or barbershops and nail salons, (laughs) masseuse parlors and so forth. Um, I don't know how you're going to get a masseuse six feet with six feet of separation. Uh, you really can't. You really can't. I mean, I just went out. I just went out and decided that Christ, I'm going to have my wife cut my hair. So I just ordered a set of clippers from the from Amazon. You know, just because I'm figuring that I'm not going to get into the barbershop shop anytime near, and and I don't want to risk it. And I think that that's what, the, what I think. What we're going to find is that there's. You know, 80 percent of the people in the country now are in support of continuing the the shelter-in-place rules at least through the end of May. Um, and that that, as long as you're going to see 75, 80 percent of the people in favor of that, you're going to see very few people showing up for restaurants and so forth. Um, part of the new normal is going to be that <laughs> that occupancy of restaurants is going to go down dramatically. I mean, I looked at some of the seating charts that they are. Proposing for airplanes and seating charts, they're proposing for restaurants, um, and you've got to presume that the first time that we see to see sporting events, there's going to be very similar seating charts. You know, the stadium that holds forty thousand may only hold five thousand. You know, and and it may be limited like that to start off with. So, uh, it's it's a very difficult thing. I think, I think that we're probably looking at, at Labor Day being. Used to be the artificial end where they thought they had to finish the season before you get to Labor Day. Um, I wouldn't be surprised now if the season was to finish before they got into October, and I think it's going to change the schedules for all major league sports. You know, baseball. You, you look at baseball. They're talking. They're talking about putting the Yankees in an entirely new division, just because their spring training is in in is in Florida rather than Arizona, and all of a sudden the American and National League. And where your home city doesn't matter, it's where you go to spring training that's going to determine what league you're in. Um, so I don't think we've seen anything. Uh, you know, a lot will depend on what happens with these experiments going on in Texas and and uh, Florida and Georgia. You know, when when we if we if if we can get by those things, and and it's 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 really a crapshoot that they're taking chances here with people's lives. Because, uh, I mean, I don't, and I've talked to a lot of people and friends in California here, Northern California, and nobody feels like jumping on an airplane or going to a concert or going over to the local restaurant for dinner. Uh, Everybody's pretty much set that, you know, we might expand and I, you know, all of a sudden I might be able to see my, my son and my grandchildren, you know, who live two doors away and we may expand our little quarantine, if you will, to include seven or eight people, but we're not going to be going out in public. I'm not going to go and sit in a, in a barber shop and two feet from some, or one foot from somebody and then breathing and having them breathing on me while I cut my hair and so forth. I just don't see that happening. You know, I mean, we're going to see more and more things delivered. And I think we're going to see more and more, a large part of the population now is learning how to, how to work from home. And I think we're going to see more and more of that. I think I think the new normal is could damn well look a lot more like today than it looked like a year ago.
0: Which would be disappointing, but it is a reality of what is now the current state
1: of our until economy. we get a vaccine. Until we get a vaccine, I think that's what it's gonna be.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Well before we head on out, my friend, I want to go ahead and let you get an update to everyone out there about what's going on with Lakerholics.net.
1: So we've
0: got a couple minutes left. So fire away,
1: Laker Tom. We've been working on a new site. The original site is eight years old now. Unfortunately, there hasn't been anything similar to, to create the type of, of site that we have. And so we've really been breaking new ground and, and trying to use uh, some new technology to do it. And it's been pretty successful. I, I've gone through two or three different developers I finally found a guy in uh, in in India, basically, a young guy who's just been really sensational. And I'm expecting that we will be having beta testing of the new site uh, probably next week. I think by, by the time that uh, we have the next week's uh, uh, podcast, uh, you'll probably have a new login for Lakerholics.com, which is where the new website will be. And uh, I'm hopeful that uh, we'll get everything ironed out and, you know, and maybe by the end of May to have the new site up and running and everything.
0: Well, for us here at the Lakers fast break, I want to just go ahead and say, thank you for listening. You can go ahead and send us any questions that you want on the Lakers or the NBA at Lakers fast break on Twitter, or also as well, Lakers fast break at yahoo.com. You can reach Laker Tom on the Twitter. If you have any Lakers questions for him, that's at Laker Tom, of course. And you can also go ahead and head over to the great site. Right now, it's Lakerholics.net. But like Tom said, the end of next month, it is Lakerholics.com. If you like what we do here at the Lakers Fast Break with all of our other great shows on the NBA draft, whether it's 2020, the mock draft that we did, all the great interviews that we've done this month in April on the NBA draft coming up with Michael Weisenberg, Stone Hansen, and Raphael Barlow. Plus, again, the mock draft that we did has been a huge success for us, so we cannot thank you enough for listening. I did one recently this week with Stone Hansen on the 2021 draft, and I've got more great NBA draft programs coming up in the not-too-distant future right here at the Lakers Fast Break. So go ahead, check it out. But please, if you like what we do, like, subscribe, share. Please tell a friend any kind of support you can do for us right here at the Lakers Fast Break is greatly appreciated. I've got one last thing to tell everybody out there before we head on out, and that is a congratulations. You haven't heard him on the podcast for a little while, and that's TJ Johnson because he's been kind of busy, not only with work and all that, and not only with his other stuff that he does for Voice from the Underground, the podcast, but a big congratulations to him as a new father because this weekend he became the father of tremaine johnson jr so tj johnson jr has come into the world not exactly at the greatest of times but you know what in this dark times that we have in the pandemic there's some bright lights that are out there and tremaine johnson jr want to go ahead and say welcome to the world on behalf of all of us at the lakers fast break well laker tom it's been great having you on again any last thoughts on the way out
1: nope looking forward to uh a lot of action this week on uh, on the site, and we'll see what happens with the feedback from what the Lakers are doing at this point in time. I'm hoping to hear more about what happened for the uh, money that they took on the loans, and uh, hopefully that uh, have somebody come up and make a good explanation and make amends for that.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, they're already lining up right now. Going ahead and... <laughs> taking shots at the lakers and i'm not going to say it isn't deserved because it is because that was some poor evaluation there a really bad pr move but we're going to go ahead in this really really strange season that the lakers have had this is just one more notch one more notch on this truly strange season of some really dramatic highs and really dramatic lows and we're going to continue to present it right here wherever it goes wherever this trade is going for the Lakers in 2020. We're going to keep right on it right here at the Lakers Fit Podcast.